0: time for the 49ers rush podcast. All right, we've got a weird one today. Number 38. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Um he says with a question mark, where do you put up where do you put him He's still on the roster? So we got to do an episode will he be on the roster? This is going to be a kind of a Christmas carol episode with the ghost of Christmas past, present and future how do you handle it right so we're going to jump back we're going to go through the path of the journey that is Jimmy Garoppolo and it's it's a fun journey it just got to be honest with you to where we are right now maybe not the best and what the future is even though there might not be much of one with 49ers we're going to deal with possible trade scenarios especially now that Baker's been dealt um possible backup scenarios possible release scenarios and hopefully whenever you walk away from this video you're going to feel much better about who Jimmy G is and what he's done, and it's going to be a clearer picture of what is to come. That's the whole goal here. So we're going to get to see film highlights. Yes, there's a bunch of those. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about Jimmy that maybe you didn't know, and we'll look into the future. So uh, having said all those things, let's dive in. Number 10, two, two 225, beautiful, the jawline of champions um he is aged 30 years old he's already 30 which quarterback years not too old and he sat a lot so um there's a lot more tread left on his tires even though he's entering into his ninth season um rolling meadows illinois is where he went to high school and was a two-star recruit now if we dive into kind of who he was and uh, all the kind of stuff that he did in high school um yeah he was pretty dang good uh through 16 touchdowns as a senior he was the northwest suburban all area honors player also rushed for 563 yards and seven touchdowns he's got a little bit of mobility and man why not Let, let's jump in let's throw some film up this film um breakdown was jimmy garoppolo and again we're, we're kind of jumping forward and back here but that's okay i, I think this would be beneficial let the NFL in third down passing in 2019. This is all of the third and medium plays um, from all of 2019. So for third and four to third and seven. I felt like this is kind of where Jimmy G excelled. So, you know, if you want to catch the entire breakdown, I did a full third and short, third and medium, third and long. Uh, Breakdown each one of them was well over 40 minutes um, over on patreon patreon.com slash 49ers podcast or just google 49ers space patreon and we'd be the first one to pull up and you can check out every offensive play from the past two years every defensive play past two years uh, all the draft content you could ever want now. You go back to kind of what he did in high school, you know, um, led his team to the Mid-Suburban East League Championship, made it to the playoffs, um, kind of did a bunch. Then he goes and he he majored in management. um, And if you look at what he was able to accomplish, you know, at Eastern Illinois. Okay, so let's back up and go through his freshman year forward. He started eight games his freshman year. Uh, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. You know, the touchdown-to-interception ratio is never going to be great for Garoppolo except for really one year. His senior year in college was just unbelievable. Um, Sophomore year, started 11 games at quarterback and, you know, threw 20 touchdowns, yeah, 14 interceptions. Then his junior year, finished 10th in voting for the Walter Payton Award, which is the best – FBS is what it used to be called or um you know FCS is what it used to be called now it's FBS. Um the best player, you know, in that whole division, he had 31 touchdown passes that year, which was a huge improvement. And then he goes off his senior year. Listen to these numbers. 2013 for Eastern Illinois. threw for 5000 yards, 53 touchdown passes, nine interceptions. It's unreal. Um, 2013 Walter Payton Award winner, FCS, National Offensive Player of the Year, Consensus First Team American, Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine Game, uh, Offensive MVP of the East-West Shrine Game, Male Athlete of the Year for the OVC. I mean, good gosh. What he was able to accomplish uh, broke a lot of records of Sean Payton and Tony Romo. They all went to Eastern Illinois, which is interesting because whenever you look at Tony Romo, and what he put up metrics wise, ran a 4.97 at the combine, 7.043 cone, really good, 30 and a half inch vertical. Listen to his athletic profile comparables, okay? CJ Petherd, Joe Burrow, Tony Romo, JT O'Sullivan. There is a type there. Um, you know, maybe not the best physical awards, right? Or physical metrics. But he shows out. Um, All those guys definitely had some talent. JTL Sullivan definitely didn't work out. But guys like Joe Burrow and Tony Romo, you can't quite put your finger on why they're so good. Um, Because, again, Burrow doesn't have a strong arm. Tony Romo didn't have a strong arm. CJ Beathard does. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think anybody would ever claim has a strong arm. But he has got that lightning quick delivery. And it's just kind of efficient. That's kind of what he has been. And I mean, if you're watching these clips on YouTube, I mean, he's efficient, especially in the middle of the field, especially whatever it's, you know, eight yards or less, that's kind of where he, you know, whatever. Now, he goes and, you know, gets drafted by the Patriots. They sign him to a four year, $3.4 million deal. And, you know... It was interesting because he was the backup the whole entire time, right, you know, behind Tom Brady and all those things, despite, you know, if you look at – he was drafted number 62 overall in the second round of the uh, 2014 draft. So, again, he's been around for a while, and he made a couple debuts. You know, he came in, and when Tom Brady got suspended, he came in, and that's whenever, like – he played well, but he had some injuries, and it was just kind of off and on, off and on. And eventually Tom Brady basically says, get him out of there. Robert Kraft tells Bill Belichick, get him out of there. And the 49ers, we got lucky there uh, because they, you know, Belichick calls Lynch and says, hey, we want a second. Give us a second. You can have Jimmy. And that's how the trade went down. Now, here I want to get a little bit. I want to go a little weird here, okay? <laughs> this this was a deep dive I did this morning at about 5 o'clock. Uh, the 49ers traded their second round pick, number 43, eventually become number 43, to the Patriots, okay? Now, I was curious, what did the Patriots get for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Number 43, that seems simple enough. Uh, not so fast. That's not the way Belichick does things. And I think whenever teams make these franchise-changing trajectory trades, They want to mask what they got for them so you can't say, oh, you got this for them, and that's why this was a good or a bad trade. So uh, just get ready. We're going into the twilight zone here because it gets confusing as hell. Now, the trade was simple. Jimmy Garoppolo for the number 43 pick. Simple, easy, you can measure that, right? Well, okay, that number 43 pick was Carry On Johnson running back to the Lions, but they traded that pick. They traded number 43 <laughs> for number 51 and 117, okay? Number 51 was Anthony Miller, wide receiver, and Jordan Whitehead. However, they traded both of those. It's it, Get ready. It's going to get real weird. Number 51 was traded for 105, Antonio Callaway, and a future second, which would be McCole Hardman. However, they traded both of those picks as well. Now go back to Jordan Whitehead, number 117. He got traded with pick 63 to move up to pick 56 for Duke Dawson, who the uh, Patriots kept. We'll go through. It's going to be about six players. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to turn into six players, but stay with it. Now back to Antonio Callaway, the number 105 pick. He was traded for number 114, Deshaun Hand, and number 178, Christian Sam now the Patriots kept Christian Sam but traded the 114 pick that 114 pick was eventually traded for a future third rounder which would become David Montgomery however yep Patriots traded that one too David Montgomery at number 205 was traded for pick 87 which became Damian Harris, who they kept. It is their starting running back now. And also number 162. That was Cameron Smith. And a future fourth, James Morgan. All right. Well, guess what? They traded number 162. This is. I love this stuff. You my notes. I have five pages of notes on Jimmy Garoppolo trades and how all these players panned out. I tried to, you know, make it less. We're not done, by the way. <laughs> There's still more movement. Um, I tried to make it less to make it you know somewhat understandable and hopefully i do a good job because this is a mess uh, it's like a spider graph conspiracy theory right okay now pick number 162 which should have been cameron smith was traded with bobby evans for number 101 which became Yadni Kajus, they kept him and number 133 jared stidham they kept him the 2024th rounder which would have been james morgan was traded with number 129 and number 186 to the Jets for pick 101, which was Dalton Keene. They kept him. So here is the synopsis of the entirety of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Jimmy for Christian Sam, Damian Harris, Yanni Kajus, Jared Stidham, and Dalton Keene. Well, let's go through what those players mean. Christian Sam never played a down for the Patriots. He was on the 49ers practice squad for three weeks in 2019, but never got called up. Damian Harris, definitely the best player that they acquired. Starting running back for the Patriots, still back-to-back years. This would be his third year as the starter. He had 900-plus rushing yards last year with 15 touchdowns. Uh, Jared Stidham appeared in three games for the Pats, 50% complete, uh, Completion percentage, two touchdowns, four interceptions. He's on the Raiders now. That was a bust. Duke Dawson never played a snap for the Pats. Dalton Keene appeared in five games and has had three catches as a tight end. Yadni Kajust played 81 snaps last year on the offensive line, had two games started, but was pulled in both games. So, like, it's it's not good. Um, I definitely would argue The 49ers got the better end of this deal, the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. There is no doubt about that. And, you know, let's, let's transfer now. Let's look at what Jimmy's done for the 49ers. We went over kind of what he did before San Francisco, how they got him, and all that kind of stuff. He's started 47 games and played in 63 games. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. So much, because I see him as the turning point in the 49ers trajectory. You Chip Kelly, Dennis Erickson, I put Tom Sula, I put all of them in that same era, even though you had the hardball, you know, sandwich in between, the hardball years. This long extended period of just, ugh, tross, it was bad. Jimmy changed all of that. When he came in in those five final games in 2017, it was like turning on a light switch. Uh, It it was the turning point it was unreal what he was able to accomplish and you could say like oh Well, you know, he wasn't really that good. You can look his touchdown interception ratio wasn't great Whatever else doesn't matter. They beat three out of five playoff teams down the stretch and went five and oh And that was a team that was just terrible. The only thing that changed was jimmy garoppolo He brought something that was refreshing and exciting however you come off the offseason with high hopes and excitement, and he tears his ACL. Was he ever the same after that? That's a question that someone entertain, and I'm okay with that. But even with the torn ACL, he finished. Uh, I say finished. We're not sure he's done with the Forty ers We'll talk about that in a second. But probably he finished 31 and 14 as a record. Uh, 31 wins, 14 losses. Amazing, absolutely incredible. Is it all on him? No. But, again, remember, the roster didn't change too much during that time. You did get Bosa after that, whatever else. And we just saw all those clips. He led the NFL in third down passing in 2019, which was awesome. Um, Again, I'm about to talk about the other side of the coin with Jimmy Garoppolo. 66 touchdown passes with his time with the 49ers. 38 interceptions. Not great. Touchdown interceptions. Never been good. Um, I shouldn't say never. There was that one year in college that was just phenomenal. but. If you look at again his his touchdown to interception ratio, right? 66 touchdowns, 38 interceptions. The general rule is you got to be over 2 to 1 just to be, you know, considered a good quarterback. He doesn't meet that threshold. If you add in he's had 25 fumbles with the 49ers and now it's straight up awful. It's almost a 1 to 1 t- you know, turnover to touchdown ratio. He's not creating when it matters most and he always put the ball in harm's way. Now, The worst thing about Jimmy, playoff Jimmy, let's be very, very honest, Um, when the pressure moments turned up, it was weird because in the regular season, he would respond relatively well, most times, not always, but in the playoffs, it was very, very bad. You know, four touchdowns, six interceptions. That's his career playoff numbers. Now he has four playoff wins for the 49ers, which is incredible. That's third best all time, tied for third with Colin Kaepernick. Only Steve Young and Joe Montana are better. That's awesome. But whenever you look at the games, it kind of leaves something to be wanting. Two of those wins in 2019 were on historic rushing performances versus the Vikings and the Packers in 2019. The Vikings game, they rushed 47 times for 186 yards and two touchdowns, had almost 40 minutes of possession time. That's not a Jimmy G thing. Like That's a Kyle Shanahan running game thing. The Packers game was even worse. They threw the ball eight times. Um... Uh, Ran the ball 42 times, 285 yards rushing, four touchdowns. That was that historic Raheem Mostert game. Then you go to 2021. They got two more playoff wins. He had zero touchdown passes in those playoff wins. Dallas game, zero touchdowns, one interception. He had 67.4 passer rating. They rushed 38 times, um, 169 yards, two touchdowns. They had three field goals. Like, Sustained some drives, sure, but not good. Um, zero offensive points. You look at the um the the Packers game it was awful. Zero touchdown passes, one interceptions, four sacks, had a fifty seven point one quarterback rating. He had a special teams touchdown and two field goals. Defense and special teams won that game. Jimmy did literally nothing. It was awful. Now you can talk about the snowstorm. Cool. Throw that game out. Let's go to the the other prime playoff performances. The Super Bowl started off hot. He was better than Patrick Mahomes through three quarters. There's no doubt about it. But who are you when the pressure turns up in the playoffs? This is the reason why everybody loves Joe Montana. No turnovers in the playoffs. Whenever it's Joe Cool, right? You have the historic story of, man, down in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, they're in the huddle, and you either drive down and score and win or you lose. He says, hey, is that John Candy over there? That's crazy. Like, right? Joe Cool. It's the exact opposite of that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Looked flustered, struggled, didn't come through when the pressure was up, right? You could talk about the missed Emmanuel Sanders throw. I don't want to put it all in one throw. But I don't think that we lost the game, the Super Bowl, because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I put more of it on the defense, giving up all those touchdowns. Um, you know, twenty-one points in the fourth quarter—that goes on the defense. A lot of play calling was bad. Whatever. So again, let's just say, you know what? We're just not going to count the Super Bowl. There's too many. There's too much context. It's too. Fur, it's too furry. Whatever else. Okay, the NFC Championship game. Finally, through touchdowns. He went two touchdowns, one interception. But I would argue. It was the worst back-to-back drive that you could ever see for a quarterback um, in the fourth quarter. It was awful. It was so bad. And it was 100% on Jimmy. You say, oh, well, the pressure and all that stuff. That's fine. You go back, and again, I break this down in detail on Patreon. Six plays in a row, his first read was to the running back on a leak route. Wasn't looking downfield was flustered beyond anything and I don't even put the interception that you know ended the game I didn't put that on him that was an incredible Herculean effort where he was just trying to create um but the six pass attempts before that were as bad as it gets um so again who is Jimmy Garoppolo if his career with the 49ers ended right now Man, he's positive. I think he's probably a top six or seven quarterback, wherever you want to put it in the history of the 49ers. Um, you know, you've you've got Joe and Steve. Um, you know, you want to throw in John Brody, right? You want to you want to go old school, those guys will Tittle, they should be there as well. Jeff Garcia, Colin Kaepernick. That's where he should be in the mix, wherever you want to put him. I don't think you're wrong where you want to put him, as long as it's not in probably the top three or four. But he's incredible. And and a lot of franchises man. if he was a seattle seahawk he'd be probably the first or second best quarterback they've ever had in their their entire whatever um but for the 49ers we're a storied franchise so it's a little bit different now what's left what's going to happen to jimmy in 2022 why do we have him number 38 should get traded that's the best case scenario and i still think will happen um with the baker trade we'll have to see what happens uh, as of recording this uh the deshaun watson news has not come down um that is kind of a big news because if he gets suspended for the full year or longer i think that is a possible landing spot for jimmy garoppolo the cleveland browns but if not no way you trade him to seattle also that's why i do not believe the 49ers will release jimmy garoppolo Zero chance. Why? Kyle Shanahan's stubborn Two, if you release him, he's going to walk to your division opponent and sign for free, and you're basically going to be paying him to start for a division rival opponent. Hell no. Kyle Shanahan is not going to release Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care what anybody else says. I just don't see it. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. So that leaves two possibilities. He gets traded or he's the backup. If he doesn't get traded to the Browns, there's really not many other people out there. Some people are saying Tampa Bay, they don't understand the system. Tampa Bay's a vertical threat, a passing attack. Um, he, Garoppolo is one of the weakest arms in the NFL. Tom Brady's already forced Jimmy Garoppolo out of one situation. Why would he bring him back? No, it, it makes zero sense. It doesn't make any sense. And Jimmy's only on a one-year deal. No, it's people just grasping at straws at that point. If it happened, I'd be happy, but I just don't see it. Maybe an injury happens. I don't want an injury to happen to another quarterback, but you can go back historically. And if you look at the Sam Bradford trade from the Eagles, right, when they drafted Carson Wentz, something like that, I don't want an injury to happen, but it is football and they do happen. So if somebody's starter goes down, Jimmy's going to be the first call. Um, obviously the 49 is going to have to eat some of that salary, very similar to the Baker deal. And I don't think you're going to get more than a third round pick currently, maybe Jimmy and a six for a third round pick, something along those lines. But we have to deal with the fact no trade partner comes. Jimmy's going to be on this roster. I don't think that's a bad thing. People want to paint the narrative like, oh, it's going to be a hostile locker room. And if Trey struggles, no, man, it's football. These grown men. If Trey struggles, criticism's coming. Will the criticism be greater if Jimmy's on the team? Yes, but these are grown men. You want to be the best? You got to be the best. And having Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup option, not the worst case scenario. You would have the best backup quarterback in the NFL. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So I hope that he gets traded for Jimmy's sake. I want Jimmy to go to a good place. I really, really do. He deserves it. Um, I'm going to pull for Jimmy wherever he goes. But if he cannot be unloaded for a draft pick, you hold him. You hold him. You hold him. Why? People want to say, oh, but the salary cap relief and all that stuff. Yeah, I get that. And that sucks. But here's the deal. You don't have to release Jimmy. Again, not going to release him. But if you want to go down that road until the initial 53-man roster set, whether you release him now or then, you get the same amount of cap relief. Also, um, once the season starts, you got all the way up to the trade deadline. What if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out? Then you can unload him to the Giants. What if another quarterback doesn't pan out? You can unload him to that team, which is going to happen. Playoff teams, injuries happen throughout the season, so you might have to wait till Halloween till you finally get the end result of a trade. Just because he's not traded during training camp or preseason doesn't mean a trade's not coming. Patience. It's going to have to win the day. And the 49ers kind of, they've already set their trajectory this way. Um, No, he's not going to start over a healthy Trey Lance. It's not going to happen. Um, But again, I implore you guys. Look at the time with Jimmy Garoppolo as a positive. It should be. Um, He turned this franchise around and put us in a place where we can win long term. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? No, I don't think he ever was. Um, but if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you got to get one. And I think Trey Lance can be that. I really, really do. i very thankful for Jimmy. I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. And if he's on the 49ers, I'm going to be very happy about that as well. Don't allow the drama and the narratives and all that stuff to creep in. And whenever you find people doing that, don't buy into it. Uh, th- those are just people causing problems. Remember what Trey Lance said about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's one of my best friends for life. I think that carries weight. Because Jimmy is such a stand-up dude. Stand-up dude, stand-up locker room. Does he want to be here this year? No, he doesn't. But there's worse things than getting paid $27 million on a team as a backup quarterback. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks? With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries. Today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app and here's what's great it, it you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country including california texas and georgia on top of that you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions some of these player props nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds anthony davis more than two blocks but lillard four three-pointers made you get a pick We are continuing our 49ers roster countdown with number 37, safety, Tarvarius Moore. Now, a uh, little known fact Tarvarius is the only current Tarvarius in the NFL as of last year. That could change this year. I don't know if somebody drafted had that uh, name, but whenever I search it up, I usually don't have to type in the second name. Uh, but anyway, he is, man, talk about a journey. Um, whether you go back to Quitman High School, Small town, Mississippi, had two stoplights in his town just on the uh, co- uh, right off the border of Alabama, south of Meridian. Um, great food down there. But very, very small town and had to take a quite a journey to get to college. And then the NFL, once he got to the NFL, got moved around a lot. And once it finally seemed like he found his role, tears his Achilles, now he's in no man's land. Um, where's he going to go with this? Well, we're going to dive through all that. Let's get into the nitty gritty here. Jersey number 33, uh, six foot two, 200 pounds. I mean, big, this is a big safety. Um, he is an athletic specimen to say the least might be the fastest player on the 49ers, not named Danny gray. Dude is he fly, fly, um, did not get invited to the combine. But ran back to back, clocked four three, two forties at pro day. This dude's speed, speed, speed. He's only twenty-five. He he's going into the fourth year of his deal, but because again, he tore his Achilles last year, last year didn't count um for an accrued season. So what happens on the rookie deal? He still has two years left under contract this year and next year on his rookie deal because of that injury. So he's entering his fifth season, only twenty-five somehow. I don't know how the math works out, but uh, glad to have him because he provides something nobody else on this team does, and that is top-tier speed and ball skills from the free safety position. Now, the 49ers do rotate their safety, so it's not a true free safety, strong safety. It's pretty much split um, where they like to lean one as the free, but in today's NFL with all the motions and jet sweeps, it kind of negates that a little bit, Um, but anyway, Let's go back to his high school days. Okay, Quitman High School the Missis- in Mississippi, the Panthers. He is the cousin of famed uh, NBA player, second overall pick NBA player, Antonio McDice, um, who also played at Quitman. Um, so very small school, but there's some top tier athletes that come out of there, no doubt about it. He's a kinesiology major and had to go to Pearl River Community College before he could transfer to Southern Miss. So he had quite the journey, uh, to say the least. Now, again, grew up in a super, super small town and couldn't wait to get to the big city as a kid. Always wanted to be a part of that. He did earn the second-team Class 3A All-State honors as a senior. He was a player, which is, you know, there's not a lot of info out there because he wasn't a heralded recruit, but how much of him going to community college was to get his grades up, things like that, I I couldn't find anything. Um, And so... We'll see there. Now, while he was at Quitman, he led his team to three straight state title game appearances. Um, first team All-State uh, pick as a sophomore in college at the community college before he transferred. Honorable mention, All-Conference USA whenever he's with Southern Miss. And it's, it's pretty simple speed, man. Speed, length, and he's got to build on him. He's got some big hits problem is consistency right so if we look at his tape and kind of the good and the bad and his metrics the four three two forty is just uncanny for a person six two two hundred pounds like his speed straight line speed three cones great six nine five not great but good for somebody that size um 38 and a half inch vertical the dude's a specimen he's an absolute freak Now, he was drafted in the third round by the 49ers, picked number 95 overall in 2008. Now, he was played out of position early, which really pissed me off. One of the worst issues of the early Shanahan regime was just playing people out of position, thinking they're smarter than everybody else and moving Solomon Thomas around or moving him around and it just doesn't work. And they wasted a year and a half of this kid's career at corner, which he never got snaps at. Then they moved him back to safety where he should have been the whole entire time. Um and did well. Um now I talked about his big hits. The problem with him, he missed tackles way too much. And that's kind of an issue that I have with his tape. Uh, you know, if we dive into it, he has a twelve point four missed tackle percentage rate as a career. That's bad. But it's worse than that. Because to get a missed tackle, you got to touch the running back. And, man, several times throughout his career, he just comes flying up full speed without, you know, breaking down and getting under control. and doesn't even get a hand on him. So the 12.4 missed tackle percentage rate is high. I would argue it's much higher than that. Um, but he does get a lot of solo stops, which is really, really nice. Um, and, you know, I'll say this as well. You, you look at... Kind of what he's done in his career, even though he, you know, moved around a little bit, could have had one of the most historic plays in 49ers history with that interception in the Super Bowl. You know, I I was lucky enough to be at that game and I thought that was it. You know, we were going, we're in the fourth quarter. He gets the interception. The 49ers all get into the end zone. It was incredible. I was so excited. And then everything just kind of went to crap after that. But that should have won the game. That should have been it. Now, he did tear his Achilles last year in June, um, which is rough, right? Because Achilles injuries for secondary players, not great. Uh, the good news is he's very, very young, and he's back fully. The 49ers are not taking it easy. They're not babysitting. They're like, nope, he's back. He's full speed. He worked exclusively with the second teamers in minicamp and OTAs at free safety positions. So th- that's kind of where he is. He's got to earn his spot. There's no doubt about it. Now, if we look at what he's done for the 49ers, he played in 50 games, started 12. Um, he's got six pass breakups, uh, two forced fumbles, and, yeah, tackles, a little over 100 tackles, uh, tackle for loss and interception. So he's been productive when he's in there, and he flashes. The problem is, and I'm not sure you want him as an every-down safety. I don't think that's his role. I don't think that's going to be his role especially with Jimmy Ward. You got Hufunga. You know, what do you do? Uh, You got George Odom, who you just paid a lot of money. I'd put all of those guys ahead of him in the draft chart. Now, the question changes to, do you allow, do you keep four safeties? Ah, That's going to be a tough question with the D linemen, with the O linemen. 49ers don't usually put a precedent or a premium on safeties, so he's going to have to prove it. Now, the reason why I have him 37 even though there's a question mark he even makes his team, is because if he does make the team, he has a very clear-to-find role, and I think that's as the dime player um, on third and long. On obvious passing situations, this is a guy that can come in and give you meaningful snaps on crucial plays. Third and long. This guy can close it out because he will be that back kind of range free safety guy that the 49ers have started messing around with the last two years under D'Amico Ryan's, um, sorry, just last year. Um, they did it a little bit before Sala left and now, so like it's, I I really hope with today's NFL and the way things are kind of moving to more of a passing league, it just makes too much sense. I, I really think that it will work. Um, I really, really do now back to this whole idea of him staying under contract for two more years. Again, this should be the last year of his deal, but because he didn't play at all last year, um, now he's got another gear. Here's why that's important. Jimmy Ward is a free agent next year. Jimmy Ward was talking just recently on Instagram, several comments that he will be flirting with free agency. He wants to see what he can get paid, and Jimmy Ward talks, man. He If he feels disrespectful, disrespected, he's going to act. So if that's the case, it does make keeping Tarverius more much more attractive because you don't want to go into next year not having you know either one of them. That that's a problem, I think. Um, so anyway, so uh, kind of summarize. He's got some issues: tackling, pursuit angles, big time problem, speed, ball skills. That's why he makes this roster. Special teams. That's why he makes this roster. Um, He's already back at it full swing, as I said. But if you look at his special teams, listen to these. 2020, he had 230 special team snaps. 2019, 364. 2018, 324. So this is somebody that can come in and help with special teams because you want your special teams units usually comprised of linebackers, safeties, running backs, because they are big, fast, and can kind of do everything. And so he's got a role here. I think he makes the roster. I I think he makes the roster. I think they keep four safeties, and you make him go dime and special teams, and you utilize him there. Now, the one issue that I would say is, even if he does get cut, doesn't mean he will not come back. Um, So we'll have to pay attention to that, but I'm telling you right now, if he is on this roster, he is getting snaps. That speed... On the back end, with that type of body and ball skills, it's a premium. And nobody else, nobody else has that um, in this safety. Not even Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward's incredible, and I love Jimmy. I think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. But ball skills, not on the charts, um, whereas this kid has it. So I think he just plays that dime role, special teams. And if something does happen to Jimmy, you put him in there at free safety, and you're okay. Uh, The the amount of snaps that this kid has, you got to trust him. All right, we are continuing our 49ers roster countdown with number 36, a name that we haven't heard for a little while. That's offensive tackle Justin School. Number 67, he's a big boy, 6'6", 315. He's only 25 years old. He's entering into his fourth season, um, had his first two years where he made lots of starts. We'll detail that. Then tore his ACL early last year in June, and so he's had, you know, a full year plus to recover. Uh, They're not holding him back at all. He's out there competing. This is his fourth year. Now, he is from Fairfax County, Virginia. He played at Centerville High School, Uh, the Wildcats, which I got to give them props. Uh, One of my favorite logos I've seen so far in researching all these schools. They have the Power Cat that Kansas State has, but it's in Carolina blue. Oh, it looks so clean. Um, Anyway. Um, so it's just west of DC, uh not too far out there. Now his family history and stuff is very, very interesting. Um his his father um works for the FBI and is like one of the top FBI people in the in the country like super super high up Um, he has three siblings two brothers um, one sister dad played offensive line for the U.S. Naval Academy and Justin uh, was working towards his degree in economics which I believe he graduated from I couldn't find confirmation on that but again he went to Vanderbilt kids smart um, all that stuff now his high school playing days senior captain Two year starter at left tackle. Um, they went twenty seven and three whenever he was starting, including a uh, twenty thirteen class three a state championship. And then they reappeared in the title game, but losing in twenty fourteen uh, was an honor student. Threw shot and disc. I mean, the dude kind of he did it all. Um, received offers from Navy, West Virginia, Rutgers, Virginia, and chose Vanderbilt to fight Commodores um, over all those uh, those teams. And whenever he showed up. He, It didn't take long Uh, 2015 as a true freshman became a starter on the offensive line. um, Just after the halfway point of the season, got a couple starts. Um, Then he comes out, started 13 games as a sophomore played 90% of the team snaps 2017 started all 12 games. And then, you know, whenever he was all said and done after his senior year in 2018, he started 40 consecutive games. For a freaking Vanderbilt Condor. and and that, that's in the SEC. So, whenever I was doing my draft breakdown of him, I uh, got to see him play against Kentucky and Josh Allen, the pass rusher, right, uh, who ended up going top ten to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Held his own very, very well. Um, I, I thought, you know, it was very, very clear that he could play against top level talent. Um, and you know, if if you look at kind of what he did, pancake blocks. I mean, it was just unreal what he was able to do. And and that was kind of his thing in high school as well. It, whenever he shows up, he puts people on the ground. Uh, th- that's just the whole idea of what he did. Now, if you look at the accolades that he received while at Vanderbilt, 2015, freshman SEC, all academic honor roll. 2016, all academic honor roll. 2017, SEC, academic honor roll, right? This has been the theme of this entire breakdown if there was one thing I could take away the 49ers have such a stock in academics and what they can do um he would receive the sec offensive lineman of the week uh award against Arkansas in 2018 graduated with honors at Vanderbilt and that was kind of now he did not get a combine invite which was really interesting but that didn't stop the 49ers from selecting him. they selected him in the sixth round the 10th pick of the sixth round number 183 overall um Again, look at his metrics. He didn't go to the combine, so we got some pro day numbers. Ran the 40 in a 5.26, not great. Uh, Three cone 7.5, not great. Vertical 25.5, not great, but he's a bigger guy. Um, And, you know, again, my write-up of him... Again, started 40 consecutive games. He had 1,441 pass rush snaps. He allowed eight sacks in that time, um, 92 pressures during that time. Ranked 35th in his class versus outside pressure. Um, had nine pancake blocks in 2018. Played in the East-West Shrine game. My Again, this is all pre-draft work before he showed up with the 49ers, and I think it, he's kind of lived up to this, sadly. Plays way too top-heavy. He's very, very tall, and his waistband is kind of where he gets in trouble. Gets off balance a lot. And in college, school would get off balance, but he'd still make it work. Um, You know, one of those guys that was kind of off-platform, you'd use that term for a corner a lot of times, but just got the job done. In the NFL... Not so lucky. Um, He does keep his feet moving while he engages in blocks. Uh, Could be a great, not good run defender. That's why Kyle Shanahan loves him. And because his feet are always pumping during that run block, that's where all of those pancake blocks come. Kick slide needs some work. Um, We've seen him on the left and right side. When he was drafted, John Lynch said, wins with good leverage. It just gets the job done, which is exactly what I saw on the tape as well. Kyle Shanahan said the game isn't too big for him, Um, starting 48, games of the sec 40 consecutive um and he was brought in when he was drafted to fight with sean coleman another name from the past for that swing tackle spot school definitely won that uh coleman i believe got injured and then opted out and then i think retired Uh, i don't know now you go back to 2019 his rookie year he played a very very significant role for the 49ers that year in his rookie year he started eight games eight games um, had over 546 offensive snaps, another 73 special team snaps. So he's got 12 career starts in his two years and has played in 31 games. So he's somebody that stepped in and started playing very, very consistently as a backup and didn't really miss much. It it was a, it was a huge step down from, you know, McGlitchy and from Joe Staley in 2019. Right. But, he did his job. You remember Brunskill stepped in on the right side, you had school step in on the left side. You look at in his eight starts, he had four holding calls. Um, you know, so not, nothing that was too significant, but you go back to that 2019 Super Bowl run. That dude He played a very prominent role. Um, And so there's a lot of history with the 49ers and Justin school. And so Kyle Shanahan's got some good memories of this kid before he tore his ACL on June 7th last year. That date's important because, because the injury happened so early, now he's full go. So he missed the entire season last year, which was awful, but... He's back. And so now he's one of those guys that's competing. And he played mostly right tackle all of camp with the first teamers. You know, McGlinchey. That's the key piece here. If McGlinchey's not healthy which I don't know how that's going. You know, they can say it's ahead of schedule and all those things. The one thing that I do not ever take much stock in with the 49ers, especially front office, is when they talk about current injuries and how they're progressing. So, yeah, every they're going to paint every single training camp. Oh, it looks great, looks great, looks great. Look at all the D Ford reports multiple years, right? It just hasn't panned out. So we got to wait and see. I'm not quite sure McGlinchey's going to be ready to go for training camp, and if he's not, you're going to see Justin School out there with the first team pretty consistently. Um, now, that doesn't mean the job's his if McGlinchey's out. There, there's a three-man race for that as well. Justin School, I think, it, who's the front runner, Colton McKivitz, and Jalen Moore, all getting snaps at that right tackle spot, and all have gotten work in games at that right tackle spot. So it's gonna be a battle. You know, we've been talking about this all offseason. There are so many guys on this offensive line for the 49ers and where they fit. Can School reclaim his placeholder as that swing tackle guy? I think he can. But Willie, again, whenever players come back from an ACL injury. They're not always the same. So that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to in camp in these preseason games because we're going to get to see it. They're not going to protect this kid because it's a, it's a bubble fighting spot. We're seeing the same thing with Tarvarius Moore. They're not protecting him. Get out there. Can you earn the job? If not, we're going to move on because there's depth behind these positions now. In the past with the 49ers, this is one of the guys that I think they would have sat and been very slow to bring back because they were so dependent upon him being healthy. That's not the case anymore. It's put up or shut up time with the 49ers on the back end of this roster. And we have him number 36 because I could, honestly, if I'm putting bets out, man, it's a 50-50 chance that this kid's starting week one at right tackle protecting Trey Lance. So that's why we have him so high on this list. I think that he has the inside track to be the primary swing tackle for the 49ers, but it's not over. And, you know, again, if McGlinchey is healthy, that scares me a little bit for school because what if the 49ers decide, okay, we've got Trent Williams, we've got Mike McGlinchey. Let's go with upside and youth in the off- in the offensive line because they're going to keep three guys, right? They usually keep eight. You got your five starters, and you keep three backups. One of them has to be a swing tackle. But what if they decide to go just straight youth and upside? And if McGlinchey, again, this is the huge caveat. If Mike McGlinchey is healthy – What if they just keep Jalen Moore, Spencer Burford, Nick Zekiel, right? They're the newest draft picks. They're the newest kind of upside plays. I don't know. It's interesting. But I I will say this. If Mike McGlinchey is not healthy, school is a lock. If Mike McGlinchey is healthy, all right. Now it's, you know, what is the roster building status of the 49ers can they try to slide school in on the practice squad i don't know i am not sure he can the nfl hasn't seen him play in a year um we'll have to see how that goes but justin school's been a lot of fun An awesome background jumping into this kid want to say shout out to uh josh m and anthony c you guys are incredible the executive producers and researchers for this entire series man we're just going to keep counting them down